0: information about the world of running inspiration to fuel passion and excellence and ideas for making connections and finding community you're listening to a to z running hi everyone and welcome back to the a to z running podcast where we help runners thrive i'm andy
1: And I am Zach in another location. And on the show today, Dr. Marie Witt joins to discuss common runner problems like shin splints and foot pain. I'm sure you've never experienced either of those. Sharing practical preventative measures, among other things. And stick around after that for the latest from the world of running, including the USATF 25K Championships, a local favorite for us, a new high school record, not at the 25k championships and the first installment of the diamond league circuit and an interesting experience at that certainly many interesting things to talk about and much more than that to share with you which is why you need to go to a and click the word follow because because that's where we share the things you don't hear us talking about here and it's free so do that so that you don't miss anything
0: And thank you for joining us on social media we love to connect with you on all the different platforms and we appreciate the connection liz wrote this on her instagram thanks for your podcast episode this week it was the one about effort the timing was perfect to apply this principle for this in our crazy michigan weather which i agree because that 25k was very difficult in grand rapids we're going to talk more about that later in the heat and humidity but focusing on Effort versus pace when it comes to racing can be very beneficial. Speaking of which, one of our A to Z runners, uh, Jacob, he gave us some of his feedback in this effort-based type training and racing, and Pete commented on that saying, well said, Jacob. I took this to heart today and had a decent race at the Riverbank Run where it was <laughs> very hot and humid when so many tried to be a slave to the watch and blew up. So thank you for your comments, everyone. I really appreciate that. And many of you have started to consider running effort-based versus by pace. So let us know if you give it a try. And I did wanna mention some upcoming events for opportunities for racing. June 11th, we have the Deemer Run 5K, Deemer Family of Races. You can wanna check that out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a really fast 5K. And uh, we're gonna actually have Brian Deemer, three-time Olympian and coach at Kelvin College, here on the show, so that's going to be super exciting coming up soon. And June 11th, we also have an opportunity for adults to race on the track at the GVSU Midwest Redemption, so it's open to anybody. And uh, that's going to be 1600 meter, 3200 meter, and 5000 meter in the Grand Rapids area. Then also in Grand Rapids, we have June on June 18th the light point 5k. So we have links to all of that at a to Z If you want to check out those racing opportunities coming up soon. Today, our main topic is shin splints and foot pain solutions. A lot of you perk up because it's a common runner problem to have lower leg pain due to the nature of our sport super repetitive if there's something up the chain that's not working right we're gonna have some problems so we brought on the show today an expert dr marie witt and she, of course, has her doctorate in physical therapy. That's why she's Dr. Witfit. And uh, she's going to be talking to us about some of the things that we can be considerate of when it comes to lower leg pain. And we're going to learn more about anatomy. We're going to nerd out. And it's going to be a great time. So let's get to our conversation with Dr. Marie Wit.
2: Welcome, Marie. Or should I say Dr. Witfit? So happy to be here. You guys are So inspiring as running coaches. And I am so happy that the running community has folks like you. because You all are amazing.
0: Thank you. And we're so lucky to have experts in your fields, but also being a runner, you add a dynamic to this conversation that makes it richer and fuller and more practical for our audience. So thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. We're going to hop right in. We're going to talk about common running problems. Specifically starting with shin splints. So can you talk to our audience about what, what are shin splints exactly? And like all the details surrounding shin splints.
2: So shin splints are a loaded topic. Okay. So I'm not sure any physical therapist just yet can claim to be a full on expert about this, even if they've studied it because preparing for this podcast, I was going back through recent literature and probably starting around 2018, because that's when I graduated. And I found that still, even though it's only been a couple of years, four years, we don't know enough. So the overarching answer for all things shin splints is we don't know. And that is not a helpful answer when a runner is trying to Google themselves, what's wrong with me? How do I fix this problem? When the literature just says, "Bing, we don't know, it's something, it's something, (laughs) right? So what we do know though, we're going to have some little anatomy lessons throughout this. So if I go into the weeds too much, pull me back out and we'll get back on track. Okay. We love it.
0: And our audience loves all the informational stuff. So this is perfect.
2: (laughs) Okay, good. I like to bring it. Okay. So, um, a runner actually emailed me with the term medial tibial stress syndrome. I don't know why even I didn't know that mentioned splints, but once I looked it up, it made sense. So if you hear that, that is the same thing as shin splints. About the only solid physiological thing we know about shin splints is that is it is an inflammation of the periosteum of the tibia. Okay. Anatomy lesson 101. The tibia is that long leg bone below your knee. Okay. The itty-bitty one on the side, that's the fibula. We're not talking about him. We're talking about the tibia. Everything in your body is shrink-wrapped multiple times. Okay. And the periosteum is just one of those layers of shrink wrap around every single one of your bones. However, the periosteum is still a living entity. It's part of the system of your bone. And inside the periosteum are, we're not going to get into the different bone cells. There's a lot of those, but the individual little bone cells are still in there and they help make new bone, which might be helpful later. And so it is the inflammation of that shrink wrap layer Okay. So the reason I go into so much detail about that is I'm kind of jumping ahead, but when you talk about what shin splints are, you then want to know why they happen. We don't know. We don't know why they happen. Um however, the literature gave me a couple nuggets, so we'll share those down the road. Um but two different theories for how these things happen is the tibia fascia traction theory. I think this is the one that most people are familiar Um, because it is, quote, suggests that muscles apply too much of a traction force on the tibia and its periosteum, which we just talked about. So great. The second one is bone stress reaction theory, which, quote, suggests that bone remodeling or healing to repetitive stress is inadequate. So all that's saying is that something is affecting the bone of specifically that tibia, and it does not have the ability time or opportunity to heal. That is what shin splints are. It's not very specific.
0: Mm -hmm. Runners sure seem to get them a lot. Why is it that runners seem to get it so much? Is it because we're putting so much stress on it? Is it the load?
2: Yes. So I love that you brought that up because one of the nuggets I found in some recent articles, It obviously categorized shin splints as an overuse injury, but I'm going to think of that as the old way to think about it. It's not wrong, but it's a little old timey. The more updated way to think about it is it is multifactorial. And I can't express how much I love this because PT and runners are so big picture. There are so many different reasons why a runner has this issue, but another runner has the same issue, but it looks differently, right? It is so diverse. So when it comes to shin splints, it's multifactorial. It is a spectrum of injuries, including muscle imbalance, abnormal tibial loading, and chronic repeated stress. So if you break that down, muscle imbalance, that means somebody isn't pulling its load on the muscle team, okay? So somebody's doing too much work, somebody's not doing enough work, which results in abnormal loading on that tibia bone because of chronic repeated stress, which is running, which is step mm-hmm. after step, after step, after step.
0: That makes so much sense there. And you're saying that that inflammation, it's hard because it will remain there, right? Because it's not actually able to do the healing process that's necessary to resolve that that pain in the shin that seems to linger on for so many runners. Correct. So as, as you're see, like, as you see your patients and you're working with them about this, what are some, what are some things that you have come to realize, um, can help move
2: them in the right direction? Ooh, that's, that's a good one. So what I've had to do is I've done my homework. Like I said, I read the literature. I try to stay on top. But when the literature is, frankly, so vague, you kind of have to take it into your hands as a PT and figure out there's a, you realize there's a real person in front of me, there is a runner with a story and dreams and goals. And I'm not just going to sit on the sideline for six to eight weeks and hope it goes away. Like, it's my responsibility, they're coming to me, they need help. What do I do? How do I help them, right? So you kind of have to get down in the trenches, and you have to get to work. And so I tease apart their case piece by piece. So I'm going to bring in two runners I have right now. I think they're both 16 year old dudes in high school. One is a mid distance and one is a long distance in track. Hopefully I said track Um, and they both have shin splints but they present very differently. And so I have to piece apart their case bit by bit and find out what works for them. So what I do as a PT is I try to find the victim versus the culprit, who's actually guilty and who's actually feeling the pain. So obviously the shin splints, that's their pain, that's the victim, the culprit can be different for each runner. What I have found just through practice, um, and you can infer everything I'm saying from different articles if you read it through a clinical lens, is that typically their feet are being overworked, which means somebody else up the chain is not doing his job or doesn't know how to do their job. Now runners get a bad rap for weak glutes, you have a dumb butt, doesn't know what to do. I mean, yes, but no, like for you to even take a step, your butt has to work, right? So I work on their glutes, I work on their core, if I need to make their feet strong, then I make their feet strong, but that can be touch and go depending on pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I saw on your website that you have a course about feet. Is that correct? Yes.
2: yes. Okay. And that is, that stemmed from one of my other runner patients. I created that because, uh, it reflected her case. She must've just run her fifth Boston. I wish there was a way to connect with her. Cause I'd want to find out how well she did. Um, but. But yes, those exercises came from her battling with some plantar fasciitis and like maybe a teensy bit of shin splints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah it's so important how it all works together. And you had reached out mm-hmm. to me specifically about that. Like, what mm-hmm. are we doing as runners to help prevent things like yes. shin splints or foot pain? Can you talk us through some of those things? You, you kind of alluded to a few of them already.
2: Yes. So obviously I'm going to love the exercises I created because I, I created them because I saw a void. I saw something missing in PT land because there's more research coming out. And I have blogs about that, about the foot core and why it's important and why you have to strengthen your intrinsic and extrinsic foot muscles. And, but when you Google this stuff, all you have are the TheraBand exercises, like little band that could be green or blue or red, depending on what color you have. And you move your ankle around in different ways and you scrunch some towels. And that just, that doesn't Cut it for runners. That's not enough. So, to truly be preventative as a runner, you have to train like a runner. And to do that, you have to dare to train differently. And that's kind of my whole motto with all my stuff. And that results in you might look kind of funny doing these exercises, but they work. And so, that's why I created those foot exercises because you strengthen your feet and adapt your feet as a runner. So, if anyone wants a head start, I have blogs all about that. I have exercise, I have reels that I'm sure you can link to somehow. I actually mm-hmm. demonstrate some of those. Um, but on top of just strengthening your feet, right? We want we want some more. Um, I suggest for runners who want to really prevent shin splints to get to know your own body. That might mean working on your hip mobility or your ankle mobility or some specific strength work. And I actually started to come up with another sequence of exercises for my shin splint patients that work specifically on that glute core connection that they need. So if that's helpful, we can walk through a couple of those at the end. It might be kind of hard to explain verbally, but we can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and do that now? Actually, if you want to talk through it a bit and then I can link to your resources so people can dive Perfect. in further, mm-hmm. um, but kind of getting a general sense of what you're talking about might
2: be helpful for people. Perfect. So, um, let's do this. Let me talk you through the, one of the foot exercises, cause it'll be the reel. that way, you know, you found the right reel. Um, it's one where I'm standing on the edge of a step. It is the front half of your foot that is on the edge of the step. Your heel is neither below the edge of the step, nor is it elevated. So there's no calf raise. It's just parallel with the edge of the step. So for all you YouTubers out there, if you can see front half of your foot on the edge of the step, okay? And so when you start with that exercise, you just stand there because you're gonna feel very unsteady because you feel you're gonna fall. So please hold on to something. (laughs) Then as you get more comfortable, you just walk sideways along the edge of the step to the right into the left, and then you stand just on one foot, again, holding onto something, please don't fall, and then you switch to the other side, right? And you're gonna feel these muscles in your feet doing the work, oh my gosh, they woke up. Now, if you have some pretty severe shin splints, they're not gonna be happy with you. So these might not be appropriate, but if you're just looking for preventative measures, this is a fantastic place to start. Now, for those of you who might be battling shin splints, I talked about how there's this glute core connection that affects your feet. And you're like, Marie, what are you talking about? My feet hurt, my shins hurt, this is not what I'm looking for. I promise it is because from what I've seen in the clinic and from what I've read when I put it all together, we get shin splints because we overuse our feet. Our body is dumping the work into our feet into our shins because somebody else up the chain is not responding the way it should. When I say up the chain, I'm talking about, um, think of your muscles kind of like a ladder going up and your butt muscles. Those are one rung in the ladder. If You've ever been in a group project where someone's not pulling their weight. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it the right motivation to get there? Okay. And some of these exercises are that motivation. Now, what this can look like, some of this new series of exercises I'm working on, um, you start in a bridge position, which is laying flat on your back, your knees are flat on the floor, and your arms can be on the floor for starters. When you lift your butt, you are now in the bridge position. When you bring your butt down, you are now in the starting position. Okay. Mm-hmm. If thrusters, you can Google it, it'll be on there. Um, however, I change it a bit. make it a single leg bridge. So you bring one knee to your chest. All of a sudden, that looks like running. Okay. This looks like you're running, but you're on your back. Okay. This is the foundational element for this new series of exercises. Okay. Because if you're going to be a runner, you have to train a runner. You have to look like a runner. You have to dare to train differently to do all this. Okay. Mm -hmm. In that foundational movement of that single leg bridge, knee to chest, you can do a whole ton of stuff there. The first one I've done there is a chest press, just a single arm chest chest press in that position. So the knee that is to your chest, the weight is in the opposite hand, okay? And when you press that weight up, for all the people on YouTube, you can see that my hand will be relatively in line with my nose when you're holding that weight, okay? Then you bring it down to a neutral position. What that does is you're gonna feel if you use a weight that's too heavy or if your core is not ready, you're gonna almost tip over. Your core is not gonna have that anti-rotation strength that it needs. So that is another way to create that glute core connection, that stability and strength you need so you're not dumping the work into your feet. Okay, Mm -hmm. that was a lot, Andy. What do you think?
0: I think that's fantastic because we love, we love to hear from you in these practical things. And like you said, we're going to be able to link to some of these resources so people can see from themselves. And if you're in, if you're in the East Michigan area, reach out (laughs) to Dr. Wynn because she she sees patients too. So I think it's really important for us to, to be able to have even the thoughts in our toolbox to know that there's something that we can be doing up the chain and all the way down the chain to help prevent things like shin splints, which are so common. And we don't want to write them off as something like, Oh, that just happens. It's like, what can we do about it? Because we Mm -hmm. want to be healthy, thriving runners. That's what this is
2: all about being healthy and thriving. Whenever I work with a runner, I pull from four categories. Okay. And they're on my Instagram profile at Dr. Whitfit. mobility, strength, speed or sequencing and movement. And those are the four things I use in the clinic also so when you have foot pain i check the boxes go through the list make sure all those are okay typically with shin splints there will also be a tendency for plantar fasciitis or some achilles tendonitis again overuse injuries too much work is being dumped into those poor feet structures okay time and time again i keep coming back to that blueprint for runners to stronger feet workshop exercises. I know that was quite a mouthful, but the blueprint exercises, I have seen some phenomenal results in the clinic with runners, with plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis in conjunction with other core exercises, but that's the bread and butter. Like that is what helps with the feet exercises, activating that forefoot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we want everything to be like you were mentioning, um, working together up the, up the ladder. So even the thing, the exercise you were talking about where you're, you're, uh, on the edge and you're walking, I'm sure that that's making you work up the chain as well and do it properly. Cause mm-hmm. it's part of the reason we do these exercises, right. It's kind of to, to force your body to do the work, even though it's the same motion as running. Sometimes we. We cheat when we're running, we cheat. And so have to find ways for ourselves not to cheat.
2: <laughs> yes. A hundred percent, Andy. And there's progressions of those stair exercises in the workshop. And I have to do in the clinic where it looks like you're running up a stair. Right? So what you said was a hundred percent spot on where I'm gently coaxing your body to feel like it's running. Cause it likes to run, you know, how to run. It knows how to do this, but then I kind of, I gently turn up the volume. On different muscle groups that way those muscle groups they relearn how to activate and how to stay turned on in a running position
0: i guess this question I didn't quite prepare you for so it's okay
2: that's okay let's um, do it
0: so let's say that there are listeners right now who are struggling with shin or foot pain besides the icing and the elevation and compression what is something that they can do today to mm-hmm. move forward towards better health? That
2: is a fantastic question. I love that. So, let's say I have that patient walks into my clinic, I see them on day one. The first thing we're probably going to do is a lot of core and glute work. Because, like I mentioned before, somebody's not doing their job up the chain again, and it's dumping work into your feet. So, if I the best thing you can do if you want to take that first step forward today. If you have a solid core program that you, that you enjoy, that you find is really effective for you, then go for that. Go ahead and do that today. Okay. The second thing to do is give yourself permission to rest a bit, because if there truly is inflammation, the only way for that to pass and for that to heal is with time and the correct exercises. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I might even have some core work on my Instagram, it's way back there, but I think I have some core circuits in there, definitely in my blogs. I definitely have some core circuits there in my blogs. Um, What else? Also, this is gonna sound wild, but I do this personally for myself, is if you have any upper body work, I really talking about feet, I hear you, hold on. But if you have any upper body work you do, even if it's just um, some tricep work, some bicep stuff, some overhead presses, whatever it is, do it on your knees, okay? So put a yoga mat down, a pillow down, whatever to protect your knees, but do that stuff on your knees or some chops and lifts are my favorite. Man, I'm getting real in-depth here, okay? But the point is that all I've done is I've removed your feet from the equation. I am not allowing your feet to work. Now, the trick is you're going to look behind you and you're going to see your toes are braced and planted on the floor. It's a no-no. Tell them to knock it off, feet are flat. You're on your knees, feet are flat on the ground, okay? And do the rest of your upper body work there. You're going to feel your glutes in a new way, your hamstrings and your core in a new way, especially if your shins are on fire right now, because you're retraining your body to work correctly.
0: That is golden advice. (laughs) Absolutely golden it's hard for runners, right? Cause we're like, oh, yeah. we can't run cause we have this injury. Let's say it's a shin splint or maybe it's a fracture or uh, a really bad plantar fasciitis and yeah. we're like, we can't run. We have to rest. Well, mm-hmm. rest is an opportunity. I'm yeah. going through my own, uh, injury journey right now yeah. and to see it as an opportunity to do some things that can help us further down the road that we would have maybe neglected without Correct. these signals of our body to tune in, to hone in and to strengthen and get working so that we're not putting so much load on our injury area. So I think that mm-hmm. is just absolutely golden advice to be seeking this out and not having rest, just be something that's like, I'm just going to wait until this goes away. No, I'm going to actively pursue Correct. this, this problem that's happening. That is so mm-hmm. good. Very, very good advice. Yay. I'm glad that was so helpful. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess my final question, I have so many questions, but for the show here today, (laughs) um, what are some other things that runners should be mindful of when they're considering these lower leg injuries?
2: Hmm. I think the best general advice I can give for that for considering your body and lower extremity injuries is to take the time and the opportunity to know your body, find out what you need individually. Like for you, Andy, with your injury journey, you might find I'm I'm pulling this out. I don't know what, what Andy has going on. Um, She might find that she really needs to work on hip mobility. Okay. And her hip mobility is going to look differently than my hip mobility. And that's okay. And if a runner has a history of shin splints, then honey, you got to find out what you need to do to keep that stuff away, okay? And if you don't take the time to do that, it's going to keep coming back. And we're going to cycle through this again and again until you finally listen to your body and you figure out what it is you need to do. Such as if you know you have to do your core work every time before you run, gosh dang it, you better do it every time before you run. Your running buddy over here, maybe Zach only has to do it three times a week. And he's like, that's not fair. I have to do it every time I run. Well, you know what? That's your body. That's his body. You are different and that's okay. Cause again, we are daring to train differently and that's a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're leaving us on such a great note. I absolutely I love it. Well, the good thing is that we don't, because we're in this running community together, we mm-hmm. don't have to leave Yay! necessarily, right? Because we can <laughs> yeah. stay, we can stay in contact. What is your favorite way for, uh, either future patients or other mm-hmm. runners to be in contact with you?
2: I am just on Instagram for now. I am at dr. Whitfit, so it's the at sign, dr. dot, Whit, W-H-I-T-T dot fit, okay? That's just the beginning though. If you want to come into my world and learn more, I have a website, it is drwitfit.com. There are no periods in that, okay? So that's, and if you wanna reach out to me, please do. I love getting into DMs with you guys. So DM me on Instagram if you have any questions about any of these exercises we did, if you're curious about any of the foot exercises, uh, that series, or if you're curious about any of the shin splints series that I'm working on, or if you just have questions about, is it time for me to go to PT? Let me be your back pocket physical therapist. I am here to answer your questions to help you get on the right track. That way you can get back to running.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Witt. Thank you. (laughs) I absolutely love that. That's great. Uh, and we'll be linking to, um, Marie's website also on a to Z running.com. And we'll be sharing stuff throughout the week. So keep an eye out for that. And thank you. We loved having you on the show today, Marie. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Thank you, Marie, for sharing your expertise with us. We love that she is just a hop and a skip in Dearborn, Michigan. Fellow Michiganders, great to connect. Now, a lot of you guys have noticed that there's been a little bit of a theme when we talked about pelvic floor health, we talked about glutes and now shins and foot pain. That it's all connected, right? So we need to be thinking about how we can strengthen and have all of the muscle groups work well together, so that we have a strong kinetic chain in order to function properly and also avoid injury. Because we, we want to avoid injury; it's just such a bummer for injury to put us out. So, thank you to Dr. Marie, Dr. Witfit, and uh, that conversation was just so great.
1: And if I can add one thought in reflection, I do likewise appreciate Dr. Witt's uh, reflections on the kinetic chain, on the principle of building the blocks appropriately and so that everything's functioning the way it should. Um, This indeed is also one of the most important aspects of for runners in training as we build our training and so that's why when you when you see things like Lydiard's work on um the importance of long slow easy running like the jogging side of things when we were talking about um, training by effort last week and we were sharing that it's important to train um, to train those efforts in different levels you have different way that you're trying to approach something so like jogging as the most minimal possible effort why is that still important for runners one of the key reasons is because those are the kinds of training experiences the very low effort stuff that help your body establish good strong foundations with low risk and so it's one of the first steps in the process one of the most essential steps so these things the the conversation continues to kind of spiral around itself, you know, why do we need to build foot strength? And why do we have to do things that um, in the past several episodes, we've been talking about things uh, in various different particular areas of the body, why do we need to attend to those things, for the same reason why we need to jog slow at the beginning of training cycles, or in other certain important periods in training, is because we need our body to be able to be functionally strong before it can handle substantial training stimulus. And that is that. So I appreciate the reflection as well, and certainly thank you to Dr. Witt for that time and expertise in contribution to the ongoing conversation. With that, let's get on to the world of running. Before we get into it in the world of running, some shout outs to ADZ runners who competed recently and some impressive work at that. At the Mway Riverbank run across multiple distances. Andrea, Craig, Madeline, Mike, Carl, Mark, Lewis, Christy, Pete, Mary, Zach, Dan, Nick, and then pacing duties by Andrew, Hannah, and Jacob. Much appreciated for that effort and congrats on everyone else performing well. And a special shout out to Nikki and Aaron for some personal best performances in addition. And by the way, a shout out to Chad who ran the Rock Ridge 50 miler with some serious elevation involved as well. Never a small feat, but especially impressive when it's preparatory for the 200 miler coming later. Nice work, Chad.
0: As many of you know, the Amway Riverbank 25K is also the 25K USATF Road Racing Championships. So very exciting pro runners from all over come to run the streets of Grand Rapids, which is my hometown. And it's really exciting to see such strong runners. We had a great field for the men and the women this year. Starting on the women's side, we had headliner names such as like Kira Damato, who's the American marathon record holder. She ran two nineteen twelve, such a fast time. She also has the world ten mile women's only record. Elaheen Tuliyak, she is an Olympian, twenty twenty. Olympic trials marathon winner. She's gotten over 10 us championship wins. Lindsay Flanagan, Lauren Paquette, Dakota weren't so many amazing names. I wish I could highlight all of these ladies, but it was a hot race. Let me tell you what, that was both figurative and literal. We had Kira and Alaphine up front at a mile they're breaking away from everyone else. Usually these championship races do start out a little bit more conservatively, but they went out hard from the gun, And there was a chase pack that did develop, but it wasn't very long lived because the hills this year were in the beginning. Essentially, this course was almost run backwards than it has previously. So usually the hills are about mile nine and because the hills were early on, there was more separation. It strung out a little bit more than what we might typically see. To give you an idea of how fast they were going at 5k, Kieran and came through at 1624. That is fast. Now, Alephine ended up pulling away at mile 11, and she ended up with the win over Kira D'Amato. So Alephine Tuleymox, she ran 123.19, so didn't quite get the record this time, but we can anticipate that if they come back with this kind of field, we might see that record going down by Jordan Hesse. And then Kira D'Amato, 124.04, and Dakota Lindworm in 126.37. That makes our podium. Well, again, I'd like to talk about all of these amazing ladies. I did want to highlight Andrea Pomeranski, who's from Michigan. And last week, she was the silver medalist at the U.S. Half Marathon Championship. So in about a week, she got two solid placements at U.S. Championships. So fifth place for Andrea in 128.20. And also, Joanna Stevens, who trained in Rockford, Michigan for a while, she ran last week in the half marathon championships and was sixth. And then this week at the 25K, she was 10th. So, very impressive showing for so many ladies here. And that's very exciting to see. Now, on the men's side, we had a last-minute addition that kind of shook things up. Leonard Career, we found out the midnight the night before. And he ended up being the winner in one fifteen fifty-three. but it played out like this. Parker Stinson, who is the American record holder in the 25K, he did a lot of the work. He took it out with Leonard Career and then Futsum, Zenel Selassie right there. So it was like the three of them and they went pretty hard and had quite a gap on the field for a while. And then Leonard ended up opening the race up and at 10 K he was solo. He ended up taking it all the way to the finish that way. Leonard is a circuit leader and he's an Olympian, very strong runner. Uh, he runs for the army. So second in the race was Futsum Selassie and he ran 116.29 and then Kaya Dan uh, Denna and he was 116.42 and Parker ended up in eighth place he's a former podcast guest actually so I'll link to that too if you want to hear from Parker as well as Kira D'Amato who has been on the show I'm going to link to that because we want you to hear more from these runners that were at this championship and we have really great words from them in previous podcast episodes as well as Joanna Stevens. So I'll make sure I I do some linking to that. And that rounds out our 25K.
1: Next, we wanted to share another high school performance, this time in The Mile. And this record is particularly fascinating for a number of reasons. So here, beginning off, is a 57-year-old record. So this one has stood the test of time, as so few still do. Broken by Gary Martin and the record was jim ryan's the jim ryan's fastest mile time in a u.s high school race with only high schoolers so gary martin ran 357 just a hair under 358 357 in his high school district meet no rabbits no like no pacers no pro races where everyone's running super fast in his own high school districts meet martin sub four by the way came um it as only f- five times one of only five times a high school athlete has broken 4 in a high school only competition so an impressive dynamic by historical standards being that there's only been five of them there are 14 high schoolers who have run sub 4 in the mile and so as it were it's happened 14 times but only five of them with only high school races which is a difficult thing to do without the rabbits and the energies and elites all around and things like that. Um, and, and it should be noted that of those five, only one other of them was no rabbit at all. So there, there were five of them that did it in a high school only race, but they still had some rabbits or they had some people helping pace um, high schoolers as they were. And so this is an an incredible thing as we reflect on just the history involved here. And I'm going to go over that in a moment, but that marks now the ninth time in the last seven years that a US high school boy has run sub four in the mile. So we can see the momentum here is certainly in their favor. Now, here's the history. And this is what's so fascinating to me that I just love reflecting on these things. Um, First, it's Alan Webb, who holds the fastest high school mile time by a US high school boy Um, but it was not in a high school race it was like in a pro race I believe the prefontaine classic in 2001 Alan Webb ran 353 Wow Um, and Alan Webb still holds the US American record as well uh, as an adult Um, and so as it were that by itself is very challenging mark Um, better than Jim Ryan's record which stood for years and years before that at 355 Um, But that uh, regardless of race situation, then Gary Martin's time of 357 and change is fifth all time for U.S. high school boys behind only Webb and Jim Ryan, Hobbs Kessler and Drew Hunter, who are both legendary in terms of their high school accomplishments as well as accomplishing things post high school. So. Well, already, Hobbs Kessler was still in high school. He was accomplishing a lot of those uh, high caliber things as well. So as it were, this is an incredible performance beyond just the slew of fast things that people are doing. Um, And well worth watching. Certainly, uh, we'll see what Martin's future holds. Always interested in seeing where very talented high schoolers go if they do the college route if they do a little bit of college and then go pro you have to have the right combination of successes for that to work out but uh, always fascinated to see
0: the diamond league races have begun and they started in doha and these are what let's run is calling the slowest diamond league in history in doha which is so funny and ironic because it had some of the fastest runners actually in history, like <laughs> record holders and whatnot. Big names like Abel Kipsang, Faith Kip Yegan, Timothy Chariot, Sufain Al-Pakali, and Lamecha Gurma. Well, why do I bring this up? Because we talked about effort, you know, last week and how we can race by effort. These runners aren't slow. In fact, like I said, they're the fastest in history, but there were 20 mile per hour wins, and that's just out of their control. So run the race you're in, run the effort. I did want to give a shout out to previous guest, Hillary Bohr because he was looking strong in his opener. He was fourth place in a time of 8.17.83.
1: And with that... We have to wrap things up for this occasion, but please know that the content continues to flow. So if you don't find us in the other places, you're missing something somewhere. First off, head to a2zrunning.com. Look for the word follow if you have not already. And then we're on the social medias that people like to do, like A to Z Running, at A to Z Running. And uh, we're also on YouTube. And so if you'd rather watch, or if that's a place where you can get engaged in other ways. We love the comments, we love the questions. We've certainly said that uh, in the past and we are true to it. And as a key reminder, remember that we do a QA and a episode where we answer your questions at the end of every month. And so if you have a question on your mind and you would like to know our thoughts or reactions or you'd like it featured on air, Ask away wherever you can find us. 80running.com is a great place to start. Or if you're on social media, if you're on YouTube, anything like that, share your thoughts there too. And we will certainly put you on the queue. Thanks again for joining, for listening, and for engaging. And we look forward to the next time.